It's cutting into your exercise time. It's stabbing you in the back nine. And it's attacking your peace of mind. It's pain, and it's getting in between you and the life you want to live. CBD Medic targets your pain at its source. It's fast-acting relief with active OTC ingredients, plus the added benefits of THC-free hemp oil. Get back to your life with CBD Medic, available online and at CVS. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to Beyond Reason. A show for those who dare to have an open mind. Now here's your host, Justin Cancellari. Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new Beyond Reason, the show for those who dare to have an open mind. I am your host, Justin Cancellari, and tonight we've got an amazing episode for you. Real quick, though, I wanted to shoot this out to you guys. Uh, If you're listening to my show on iTunes, anywhere where you can rate us, uh, please give me a uh, rating on iTunes or or anywhere you can rate me. Please do so, because that is how I go up in the ratings. That's how I'm able to grow my show. I want to get the show to a higher audience and that's the only way I can do it. So I do request that you guys do that for me. It would be super appreciated. So tonight I've got on Katie Turner. Ever since she was a little girl, she's been been sensitive to the paranormal. Her family and friends have always been very supportive, encouraging her to talk about her experiences, helping her develop her abilities. She's also a part of T&E's Paranormal Survivor. As one of the paranormal experts, she educates viewers on paranormal activity. She's also a dedicated member of CSRS, which stands for Canadian Supernatural Research Society. Throughout the years, she has learned to focus her gifts, giving guidance and closure to those people in need. Katie, welcome to Beyond Reason. How are you doing this evening? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So I wanted to get you on because first and foremost, Cat Ward speaks highly of you. So just to put that out there for you. Um, Secondly, it sounds like you've been through quite a bit in your life. Um, You are a psychic medium. You're a part of a paranormal team. So I wanted to first and foremost ask you, what really got you started in this? Which, I mean, I know you sent me your bio, but I only did a brief synopsis. So tell us a little bit about what got you into the paranormal. Well, first of all, I got to thank Kat Ward. Uh, thank you, Kat. I appreciate it. Uh, I very much respect Kat as a paranormal investigator. And uh, I, I appreciate your respect, Kat. Thank you so much. Um, it all started uh, very, very young at age. Um, even before I kind of recollect, my parents would tell me things um, that I would tell them. I don't remember this. Um they would tell me that I could see things. I would tell them uh, premonitions. I would t- talk about people who'd passed away. And basically, it never went away. Um, it just it evolved. And uh, I have very supportive parents and family members. And so it was always an open subject to my household. Um, fast forward a few years into college, and a few friends in, uh, of mine and myself decided that we wanted to start investigating. And so we would go to uh, abandoned locations. And we would, you know, go in and, and scope things out. And that bug never went away. So from there, 
um, fast forward a few more years, I decided to start a paranormal team. And it wasn't until I started investigating that I allowed more of my psychic um, gifts, if that's what you want to call them, abilities come out. And that's where um, I started to do more readings. And it wasn't something that I grew up wanting to do, but this is where life has taken me. Well, I, I completely get it because for a long time, I was always into the paranormal, just like you were. Um, and then starting to do a podcast way back when and doing the paranormal investigations, I eventually it happened to, to be the same thing for me. Nobody really told me ever that I was talking to people or saying things about dead people talking to me or anything when I was younger. Not that I can recall anyways, but the sensitive sensitivity started and then I started delving into it. And, you know, a lot of people will tell me, well, isn't that scary? Well, yeah, no, but how are you going to know what's going on unless you do the research and you obviously have this ability? Why not delve into it? I think that fate ultimately pushed me in this direction. Again, I, I didn't grow up going, oh, I want to be a psychic. Right, you know, right. Paranormal was passionate for me. It's something I've always enjoyed and I've been very intrigued with, but it wasn't on my list of uh, things I want to be when I grow up. And right. Fate it just kind of brought me here. And so, you know, this is now my full-time job. And for me, it's not work because it's something I love to do. And I love to be able to communicate with people who've passed and help people with timelines and so on. And so it really lends a hand to investigations because I really like to validate um, what I'm seeing with the equipment. And I mean, sometimes we can validate with what I'm seeing and vice versa. So right. you know, we'll pick something up on the equipment and then I can validate it through my senses. So it kind of works hand in hand. Right. Well, and uh, something that uh, my co-host on my other podcast and I have said is even just validating with, with the five senses that everybody else has. Exactly. You yeah. can do that, too. <laughs> oh, definitely. Definitely. I think everybody has psychic abilities. It's whether you tap into that consciousness and whether you you know align yourself and, and basically um, get your, your senses going. And I think right. you know, the more you work on it, the better you get, really. Like what some several people have actually said to me is everybody can play piano, but not everybody can play piano well. You have to learn how to play it well. Um, I mean, there are those that have the the born gift, but then there are those that have to work at it. And most usually are because the one thing that I compare it to is from childhood to adulthood, you kind of cut off all of those things unless you're doing it as a, a kid into adulthood. So... Yes. I think as society, you know, in a whole, as a whole, we teach our children, it's the Monday to Friday, nine to five, right. Bunny, Santa Claus, Thanksgiving, whatever you believe in, but we shut off the extra senses in our life because we're so used to the human side of things. I, I often tell people that we're spiritual beings having a human existence. And so that human side of things takes over sometimes. So we shut that part of our consciousness off from, we don't use it as much. And I think, you know, once we open that and you're cognizant of it, that's when you're going to be receiving a lot more or at least noticing it. Right. One thing that I wanted to ask you is when you're doing a reading, how does it work for you or, or how do you like, do you get tunnel vision when stuff happens like that when you're get, when getting something or is it something where you can easily interact between both at the same time? 
Um, to be honest with you, each reading is different. So I go by um, my five senses, my main five senses, which is clairaudience, clarescence, clairvoyance, clairconscience, and empath- being empathic. And so it depends on the person. It depends on how the energy wants to present itself. You know, sometimes I'll pick up a smell or sometimes I will uh, receive something within my third eye. Sometimes, you know, I just know when I was growing up, I used to say to my parents all the time, I don't know how I know. I just know. I just know that. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of frustrating because it was kind of just tapping into, you know, tapping into that and it would just come into my mind. Um, it just depends. Sometimes, you know, I, it's come in dreams. Sometimes I'll have premonitions within dreams or I like to um, to say basically I receive uh, videos in my head. And so I, I receive these images or pictures or sensations and I'm able to kind of get them out verbally and explain what they are. And sometimes it's a game of charades. Sometimes I don't understand why they're giving it to me. But as long as it makes sense to the client or during an investigation, as long as it makes sense with the equipment, then I know I've done my job. There would be those out there that would say that it can just be coincidence as far as psychic readings go, or they're, they're what you would call cold reading. They're just throwing something out to you to see if you react. When somebody, a skeptic like that, would say something to you like that, what is your answer? Well, I don't think I'm ever going to convince everyone. And let's be honest, I'm not here to convince my clients. I'm here to pass messages and to um, give them advice on timelines and give them some spiritual guidance. And I often tell my clients that, um, you know, if you're not happy with your reading, I'm not going to charge you. It's not just about the money for me. Um, This is about being able to, to send messages across. And it's the same with, when we do investigations, I mean, we don't, we certainly don't charge for investigations. That's the labor of love. But when we go in, I want to make sure that my clients are happy. Um, you know, uh, to skeptics, you're never going to convince everyone. So, you know, um, I find that most of the people who are skeptic have never actually had a, an incident, hence why they're skeptic. Mm-hmm. So once I'm able to kind of tell them something that nobody would know or a, a scenario that, you know, um, is not well known, at least that kind of changes their mind. But you know, you're always going to be a skeptic. And I think it's important to become skeptic. I'm a healthy skeptic. There are frauds out there that shouldn't be doing this. Um, and it makes it harder for the legitimate ones. So it's important. I don't think you should believe everything that you hear, but I think it's important to have an open mind. Well, yeah, I agree. And, you know, there, there, the reason I bring that up is uh, my cousin Eric, who I do my other podcast with, is a very fundamentalist Christian. And, you know, in the Bible, it says, do not trust psychics and mediums and whatever. And, you know, there are plenty of Christians out there that do believe in this stuff, but there are going to be those out there that will try and quote the Bible to justify why you shouldn't believe in this stuff. And it, it that that's the reason I bring it up is because I'm a firm believer that I was given a, a, an ability for whatever reason that may be. If it, if it's in the Bible that it's not right, then maybe the Bible's wrong. I don't know. And I, I don't say that in a derogatory way, but so many people want to close their minds off to the other things that are out there. We live in a tangible world. 
And Hollywood has a wonderful way of making things look tangible, especially with um, haunted movies or scary movies or immediately our physical form or the physical side of our, our being wants that tangible evidence. And hence why we use equipment. We're not just happy with hearing it. We want to capture it. And so when it comes to readings, I think that people want to get back to that tangible piece of evidence. And for them, that's the Bible. I think faith is wonderful. I, I'm a, uh, I have huge respect for faith. Um, but I also also think that if you're narrow-minded about certain things, whether it be anything, the Bible or, or your views on anything, that's going to be a wee bit of a hindrance as well. So I often, you know, have people keep an open mind and um, wherever there's light, there's dark. So yeah, there's going to be people who are, are dabbling in things they shouldn't be, whether, it, you know, a psychic or dark magic or dark, anything dark, but there's also the light too. Mm. Um, someone once told me, look at a potato. If one person likes a potato and the other person doesn't like a potato, does it make the potato bad? No, a potato is a potato. So it's how you view it and how you perceive it to good and bad. And you can't convince someone otherwise. It's whether they're going to be open to the subject or not. I, I like that analogy, actually. <laughs> um, so now you are on the same team that Kat got started on, right? Yes. Do you guys have a lot, like a diverse uh, group, if you will, like everybody comes from different walks of, of life? Yes, I have to agree. Yes. Um, it's quite funny, actually. When I decided to put the team together in the Ottawa, Ottawa Valley, um, uh, many people kind of came and I, and I did, I, I want to say I did tryouts. I wanted people to be, um, I held interviews because I wanted them to be serious about this. I wasn't, it wasn't something that they just wanted to be wow factor. Um, you're walking into people's homes and you have to be, have, you have to have a certain amount of professionalism and I think dedication. And so, um, each person, I mean, I didn't hand select if they were dedicated and they wanted to be a part of it. I, I chose to be an equal. So, you know, welcome aboard. Um, and so each person had their own little, uh, I would like to call it senses. One is definitely picks up on sense. One person gets gut feelings. One person's empathic, cat sensitive. Um, and so um, they each can kind of contribute their senses. But most of them said to me at the beginning, we don't have senses like you do. We're not psychic like you are. And I said, oh, just give it some time. Once you tap into that and you practice a little bit, you're going to notice that you're picking up more and more. And you know what? Each person has. I do have the skeptics and I do have the scientific um, members, which I find fascinating because they're able to kind of look at it from a whole new different ballgame. And I have, you know, the skeptics. We all have skeptic moments. And so it's good because it grounds us. And it keeps us looking for more information rather than, um, you know, concluding that it's paranormal. Right. Well, and th that's a really good way to get as much evidence as you can as well. I mean, there's going to be those like when my cousin and I had our paranormal team, we had people from several different belief systems and, you know, the one thing that got us upset was one of our members was not on the same page with us when we say, you know, evidence is reserved until we finally go over it. He wanted to share stuff on scene with people that were like we had done a bar and the clients were there because they wanted to be a part of it. So it's... I think that everybody has to be on the same page 
if you know somebody's a, a skeptic, then be on page that they're a skeptic and know that whatever you say isn't going to necessarily draw them one way or the other. So I think that's right. a very healthy way of doing it. Now, have you ever had somebody that has not meshed well later on down the road? Um, I'm going to be honest. No, I, I really, I, I have to be honest. No, our team is pretty tight knit. Some people have to come in and come out. Um, you know, most of the team, aside from myself, everybody's got full-time jobs and I call it AKA normal lives. <laughs> um, I'm the only one that's a little bit different. So, you know, I understand that not everybody can get to an investigation. We have a, you know, we have about eight people on the team um, that come and go and, and that's okay. As long as when they're there, they're dedicated. That's all that it matters for me is dedication. So, um, you know, I, I don't mind if they're going to be skeptic or we're not on the same page. We always kind of either agree to disagree or um, um, go with majority. <laughs> to be honest with you, we'll go with majority. Okay. So doing investigations, uh, has there ever been that home run ev- piece of evidence like a class A EVP or even just pictures where you could say, yeah, that, that house had something. I have to say probably 80%. And I know that sounds like a large percentage, but 80% of our investigations. Yes. Uh, We are very rarely ever disappointed. And I don't know if it's the team that goes in. I don't know if it's, um, uh, you know, just our, our energy that we bring in with it. And, but we're always happy to get something, you know, not every, not every photo is an orb, uh, you know, not every, not, not every investigation do we go to is paranormal. There's sometimes that, you know, the scratching in the walls is really the nice. Um, but when we're able to give the, the clients an answer to at least it being paranormal or not, but yes, we have gotten many pieces of evidence, whether it be EVPs, uh, things through our night vision cameras, um, conversations through spirit box, ghost box, or we have, a. um, a few, like a portal. Um, we've had um, physical evidence where we've been physically scratched. We have had, um, it has, you know, drained batteries or played with the equipment or, um, you know, and at that time, not only was it doing that, but we were able to catch it, you know, visually at the same time. So, no, we, I mean, very rarely are we disappointed. Okay. I'm glad that you brought up the, the spirit box because I have a hard time not being skeptical skeptical about the spirit box. What is your your take on the spirit box? I think that um, the spirit box is a great tool if you know how to use it properly. I think you have to do your homework. And like any other piece of equipment, there are natural things that could cause interference, that could cause uh, pareidolia effects, whether it be visual or, you know, through audio Um, But I do think that there are, you know, there's too many coincidences when we're using the equipment that um, we are picking up, whether it be a name or that is too clear. And once we um, conclude our investigation and we go through the evidence, we use a couple of programs that basically sweep out the white noise so that we can hear what we're what we have heard during the investigation clearer. And sometimes, you know, we think it was said this and it actually said that, or we think it was this and it was the hot water tank coming on or, um, but we're not afraid to say, Oh, that was the hot water tank. But there have been incidences where I think without a shadow of a doubt that there was EVPs coming through of it. Okay. 
So you guys just make sure that you're correlating to make sure that the the question that was asked or the conversation that was being had goes along with what what's coming out of the spirit box is what you're saying pretty much, right? Absolutely. It's the same with a, we use a connect system um, to see if we can capture spirits on, on our cameras and through video. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of skepticism with that. A lot of people say, Oh, it's just mapping out, um, you know, the wall or what have you. And, you know, we always, whenever we're doing an investigation and using that, that system, I always ask questions so that I can get them to actually move. So I'll say, okay, if you're there, can you please wave? Can you lift your leg? Can you move from the left to the right or vice versa? And um, I mean, how, how do you, how can you uh, question that if they're able to do that at that time? You know, how is there a coincidence? Not everything again is paranormal, but it goes back with um, the spirit box or, you know, any EVPs we're asking. I ask intelligent questions and sometimes I will ask questions that I know the answer to so that I know that this is the answer I'm expecting. And so um, from there, we can kind of concur whether it's residual, whether it's intelligent or whether it's nothing. Okay. Can you explain the the catch system? Because that's actually a, a piece that I'm not familiar with. The connect system? Or so, connect, yeah. Um, yeah. So basically what I've done is I have um, altered the connect system onto my laptop with a program that maps out um, stick figures. And essentially what it does is uh, you point the camera and it's basically like using a, it's a connect system for a Xbox 360 and you you would basically map out a room and you would be looking for these um, mapped out spirits basically. And so they will map up into a humanoid figure and you see them as stick figures on, on camera. So when they appear, sometimes they're gritting out a wall or it would, it would look like um, uh, an entity is standing there. And throughout the paranormal community, there's a lot of skepticism over it. And I agree with that. You not everything is paranormal, but I do find that when we use this, we have had some success with it because we correlate it with other equipment. So at the time when we're asking the questions and ask it to move we also have audio going and we may have the spirit box going at the same time and what are the chances that all three kind of give you results at the same time so uh, it's same with our melmeter or our k2 you know when we're using that as well we try and correlate it so there's more than one piece of equipment working at the same time okay now do you have a favorite piece of equipment that you guys use uh, for myself, I can't speak for the team, but for myself, I do like the ghost box and um, I do like our portal. Um, so I have manipulated a spirit box to remove the white noise. Uh, it makes it, I've added a reverb pedal to it. So it makes it sound, I mean, there's a little bit of echo, but we're able to hear things clear and receive um, a little bit more messages, I guess, from the other side. And I really enjoy using those. Now, there would be those that say eliminating the white noise can can probably hinder that because a lot of people believe that spirits are using the white noise to manipulate to, to get the voice on there. Like what have you guys had really accurate things with eliminating the white noise on the portal? Yes, we have. Okay. Uh, we have. And I'll be honest with you, um, we haven't had this very long. Um, we've only had it for about six months. So I don't like to say, Oh, it's better than the other, but within the last investigations that we've been doing with this piece of equipment, we use both. So we have a couple, uh, spirit boxes that we use and we'll use one with and one without. And, um, I, I have to say I'm quite happy with it. Okay. Now it has, 
there been an investigation or maybe a couple of investigations that have shocked you throughout your time doing the investigations? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. There has been ones that even me being a, a psychic and, you know, seeing things um, that I was shocked and it, it, it rocked me to the core. Uh, there was an incident in a house a couple of years ago where uh, we set up and the, the client had suggested that uh, there was an entity in her house and that it was affecting her child. And her child was only 10 months old at the time. And she had sent us some pictures and the child appeared to have scratches on it. So she asked us to come in and we went in and conducted the interview. And after the interview, we um, decided to set up equipment and we conducted an investigation. And there was nothing. The whole time there was nothing on EV, like there was absolutely nothing. So we had um, decided at one point, this, this old house used to be a two-story house and they had changed it into a bungalow and left the, the old second floor basically as an attic. So it's, it was still walkable, but it was not maintained. And so I had stuck a static night vision camera pointing down the hallway upstairs. And so we um, went up into the attic and we were tearing down and the client just so happened to ask if she could investigate with us. And so we allow that if they want to stay and they feel, you know, we have paperwork to sign, but if they're comfortable with it, we'll allow them to stay. And she had gone down the uh, hallway and I had turned to the right to grab the camera. And as I turned back around, I saw these green floating eyes and never in my life have I seen that. Um, and I was frozen in fear. And one of my other um, paranormal investigators, I had said to her, come over here, Jody, come here. And she didn't want to come. She, she was getting bad feelings. And so she finally turned and looked and I wanted her to witness this. And as she turned and looked, um, she had seen it as well. And the client had seen it. And, um, you know, class A, no equipment. We all heard it and it just screamed and it said, get back. And so we were out there, you know, out of it, gone. <laughs> um, and that rocked me because it was something I was not expecting. We were not in the moment. We were not investigating per se. We were just uh, tearing down. There's been other instances where we've worked with demonic cases um, and that kind of made me nervous um, because of the way it was unsuspected. There have been times where I have been scratched. Um, I've had my vehicles smashed. I had a window in one case smashed. Um, I've had, there's been many occasions actually, and all witnesses, this isn't uh, just myself, this has all been witnessed. So hmm. yeah, I can certainly say that there's been a lot. Okay. Now, when, uh, when I was doing investigations, one of the biggest things for us was if there's a child involved that we make that a priority, is that what you guys do as well? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Anytime and animals. Okay. Um, if there's animals that are stressed out or there's, you know, anytime, I mean, even with an adult, if there's, if they're to the point where they want to leave the house, they can't go back to the house. Uh, this demonic case I refer to happened this year. Um, this one in particular, and this was of a 90 year old woman. Um, she was a very high member of her parish and um, it, this, this entity actually pushed her down the stairs and broke her legs. It pushed her face into a fire. It was making her water rancid. Um, this woman was very religious and had many religious artifacts in her home. She had holy water. She prayed. She had the, um, they had priests coming in to do blessings, the whole shebang. I ended up having meetings with the diocese over this and um, stuff like that. I, that's a priority. I will be there and I will be there till it's done basically. In a ratio type setting, what, 
like how many have been that type of setting over just a just a, a normal I'm I'm having weird things happening in my house or business type of thing has it been for you guys? Oh, I'm going to say maybe, maybe 10%. That doesn't happen very often. We do get the cases, but not, not very often. Okay. Now, have you guys done any type of historic sites or anything like that? Uh, there is a place in the Ottawa Valley. Um, it's called Buckhill Road. It's outside, so it's not historic, um, but it is old. This, the history behind it is old, and we've investigated it. It's very, very famous. If people Google it online, you'll see Buck, if you Google Buckhill Road, Ontario, or around Lake Ontario, you'll see it. Um, and we have investigated it many times, um, and it is without a shadow of a doubt haunted as well. Okay. In, on, in, in our area, we really don't have a lot of major historical sites, to be honest with you. There's really not that big in our area anyway. So we do investigate businesses. We do, um, you know, um, outside, inside. But for the most part, it's private residences. Okay. Um, now, doing, being a sensitive and, and doing these... Um, different investigations and doing your readings. Uh, has it ever gone where it's scared you so much that you can't be a part of the whole investigation? There have been times where I've had to step out during an investigation where I've had to kind of shake it off and go outside. Um, one thing that I'm very firm with my team um, is that we are on the same page. So if anybody is feeling uncomfortable or getting, you know, physically um, manipulated or, you know, whether they're getting headaches or upset stomach or just not feeling right, um, we have a buddy system. And so I don't like one person to leave and to walk out. We have somebody go with them. Um, but yes, I have had to walk out if it's overwhelming. Uh, sometimes, you know, in cases, and it's not always a negative thing. People think immediately that it's evil or negative if they're trying to oppress something on you. And sometimes spirits don't know how much energy to give you. If they have not been with people for quite some time or they have not seen the tangible side of life, sometimes they just you know, push a little too far. So think about, you know, if nobody told you how much pressure to, to hold a, a glass, would you grab the glass and break it? Or would you, you know, not give it enough and, and drop it? And so, you know, sometimes they're just trying to show you that uh, they're there. We had one specific case where, um, you know, we went in and I started to immediately feel my throat being, it was, there was pain around my throat and, um, I, you know, I was uncomfortable. And so I kind of said to the entity, you need to back off. Like, you're not welcome to, to be doing that to me. And immediately I didn't feel that this thing was trying to hurt me. It was trying to show me. And so I went back to the client and I said, you know, there's something that, that we forgot to talk about, you know, what's going on here. And she had said, I said, whose bedroom was this? And it was her uncle's whom uh, was actually murdered. And I said to her, how was he murdered? And she said he had his throat slashed. So he was just trying to imprint me with what emotions he was feeling and, and how he had passed. So, you know, yeah, it does happen. It's just not always evil. Wow. That's an interesting, <laughs> that's an interesting story. Cause I, I've not really had too many people where they've had that horrific of a, of a story for their haunting for. So, 
we've been quite lucky. <laughs> lucky, I guess, in a bad way, but we've had some interesting stories. Um, he was not, he did not get murdered in that location, but his spirit had came back there. And I think that she, this client in particular, wanted that validated. She was hearing things, seeing things, and um, th- basically that's who he, it turned out to be. It was, it was not something, e- uh, uh, you know, evil. It was somebody trying to get their attention. And uh, lots of times that happens. I always say, you know, it's it's Aunt Jemima. She's, you know, gotten frustrated because you're not listening to her knocks, so she's going to throw something. It's not always evil, but they can get pushy. And I think a lot of people, when when something like that happens, will jump to, oh, it's it's an evil spirit or it's quote unquote demonic. And I, I'm the firm believer that, you know, if you were nasty in life, you're probably going to be nasty in death. And that now that doesn't mean every person that has a haunting where they're pushed and shoved is it's necessarily that. Maybe they're like you're saying they're just trying to get your attention. But um, have you ever had one that um, the the activity itself was was causing a, a lot of things like the the physical stuff? Yes. We had one, uh, and are you talking about evil or are you talking about just like not evil, but trying to get attention? Uh, Just in general. Yeah. If if you have one that was just attention and one was evil, I'd love to hear both. (laughs) Well, one scenario, there was a a Canadian soldier that um, had contacted us and he was having some issues in his home and we had gone in and the soldier was experiencing um, a lot of physical uh, poltergeist. Um, he was experiencing things whipping across the room. He was experiencing uh, his bed shaking. He was experiencing lights flickering on and off. He was hearing footsteps. And at one point, what got him to call us was that a picture flew off the wall and flew on the ground. And it didn't drop. It flew across the floor. Okay. So when he contacted us, he was quite frightened. And so we had gone in and again conducted the investigation and I I gave my vibes and there was one particular area of the house in the basement that I had uh, started picking up a gentleman. And so I explained to him who this gentleman was and what he looked like and I said there's something over here that is his and all of a sudden his face changed. And um, he it was it happened to be a piece of equipment that what he had brought back from Afghanistan with him uh, that they used and and it just so happened that this uh, gentleman was involved in a roadside attack and um, some of his platoon were killed and one in particular was his best friend. So we conducted the investigation and during the spirit box session, um, I was asking questions and it was validated and it, it ended up being his best friend. So his best friend wasn't trying to hurt him, but he was trying so hard to let him know that he was okay. And once Christian was able to hear that for himself through the spirit box, through this gentleman's own, you know, vibrations of his voice, it put him at ease and Christian was able to get over this. There's other um, scenarios, as I mentioned before, with this demonic case, this bully um, that was really trying to scare this woman. Um, it, because I find that when it's evil in nature, that's what it feeds off of is your fear. And I tell everyone, all my readings, I tell you know my, my clients and also my team members are very aware that 
Fear feeds it. You can't be afraid. It's okay to be scared a little bit, but you cannot allow that to overcome you because that's what they want. They want you to be afraid. So if you have to do what you have to do, whether walk away or take a break or leave, that's okay. But don't let it consume you in fear. Okay. I, I think that is a good piece of advice because, I mean, there are going to be those that get so afraid that the thing is just going to keep coming after him because he knows what he can do to them. Exactly. Or her, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Again, Hollywood has a wonderful way of, of um, and I'm not doc- like knocking Hollywood. Hollywood's got some great movies, but we immediately go there because it's something we visually have seen. It's episodes of television. It's, and you know, there is credibility to the television shows. It's just sometimes if you're not knowledgeable of it, that's where you go. You go to that fear. You automatically assume it's evil. I was doing a reading for a lady uh, one time and she had said, I have an evil entity in my home. And I said, well, what makes you think it's evil? And she said, well, it's dark. And I said, so it's dark in color. And she said, yes. And I said, well, what does it do? Does it scratch you? Does it bite you? Does it harm you? Like, why do you feel that it's evil? And she said, well, it stands there and stares at me. And I said, so it makes you feel uncomfortable. And she said, well, yeah, I guess you're right. I said, so it's not evil, but you go to that because it's dark in color. It's, it's a darker shadow figure. And you feel it's evil because you're uncomfortable with it. So she kind of, you saw the light bulb go on and she was like, huh, I guess you're right. And I said, don't assume that everything is evil just because it's not what we picture to be positive. And from there, she was able to coexist with it. She actually didn't want me to get rid of it. Um, She realized that it was somebody looking after the place from a hundred years ago. And um, she's quite happy with it being there. (laughs) Have you ever run across that before where they're like, you don't have to get rid of it. It's fine. Yes. Uh, I think we separate our team. We separate with other teams um, because not only are we paranormal investigators and we try to get to the bottom of it, but we try to find out why the entities are there, whether it be ghost or spirit. Um, you know, lots of times if it's a family member or if it's somebody who's looking after the property or just wants them to know that they're there, no, we won't get rid of it. If if they don't want a cleansing, we're not going to cleanse. Um, if I feel, if I get any bad vibes or any of my team members get bad vibes, I suggest it's within their best interest that we cleanse or have somebody in that they would respect, um, whether it be a priest or somebody to come in and, and, and do a cleansing. But for the most part, once they realize who and what it is, they coexist. Interesting. I mean, because the reason I say that is there are quite a few that I've come across where they they want it gone. And, and I guess it just depends on the situation. Um, like the the one that we did as a group was with a child and he was having some, some bad stuff go on. So they wanted it gone if we could clear it. Um, but it's funny that most people are okay with it so long as it's not causing any problems. Right. I think it depends as well on whether it's a spirit or a ghost. And I like in my personal beliefs and my, my vibes um, and my senses, I feel that ghosts and spirits are two separate things. Ghosts are the earthbound entities that truly haunt. They're the ones that have not chosen to cross over. So whether it be residual and they are kind of going through the time loop over and over again, 
or it's somebody who chooses not to leave, those are the ones that have the lower vibrational frequencies. And those are the ones that, you know, cause problems, to be honest with you. They're the ones that, you know, are the scratchers or, or, you know, they, they are territorial. The spirits on most, you know, most investigations and most of my readings, they just want to communicate. They want to let you know they're okay. They want to let you know that they're there. Uh, or sometimes they want to warn you, you know, um, whether there's going to be a fire in the house or, you know, they just have something to say. So it, it just kind of depends on, on the haunting, on the investigation or on the location. Now, have you ever had a, a instance where somebody wants the spirit gone, but the spirit doesn't, or the ghost, I guess I should say, uh, will, doesn't want to go? Like you have to kind of force it? Meaning the entity doesn't want to stay right. or the, enti- I'm sorry, the entity well, doesn't want to go. Right. Yes. Yes. We've had sticky entities, <laughs> you know, we've had hitchhikers. We've, we've had the vampires. I call them. Um, yes. It, you know, once they've been able to make an attachment, especially if they're, they're more of an earthbound vibration, once they make that attachment, sometimes it's sticky and they will manipulate the client or the, the, you know, the, the location into wanting to keep them. So when we do investigations, in my experience, I found that, you see, you know, they think that there's a, a, an entity of a little girl and she's not really a little girl, but she, they're trying to manipulate you into thinking that they need to stay. But really, they're just sucking up your energy or being territorial over the location. There's been uh, incidences where we've had to smudge multiple times or we've had to have people come in and do the blessings multiple times. Okay. I'm glad that you brought up the little girl thing because it's something that's been a little bit of a debate with myself and my cousin Eric, uh, do you have you come across a, a lot of the spirits that will mimic a little girl and it's not, or is it kind of a combination type deal where there really is child spirits and you have to differentiate between the two? Yes. Um, yes, I concur. I, I agree with you. I think it comes down to the situation. I've experienced both. Um, I've experienced, um, I call them spirit manipulators, where they are shapeshifters um, in a way because they can ship, shape into what, what you want them to be or what you think, what they want you to think they are. Um, but I have run into both circumstances. I've also run into circumstances where um, the children are the ones ones that are trying to warn us of other entities. So they'll say, you, you know, we'll go through an EVP session and the child will come through and say, you know, watch, he's watching or he's there. Um, we've had a situation where we did an investigation and there was actually a conversation with a child and an older spirit and the older spirit kept telling the child to shut up during the investigation. And that was coming through our spirit box. Um, so, you know, it comes to both. Uh, we've had, we've been in situations where we've had, we've been mimicked. So, one, you know, we'll split up sometimes into groups if the location is quite big. And one of, you know, part of our, our investigators are on one section of the building and the, the other ones are on the other side. And we'll hear our voices coming through and answering in our voices when really we're not there. Or, or sometimes people are not even at that location and it'll come through like that. So they try to mimic and manipulate whenever they can if they're not very good entities. Huh. I've never come across that before. That's interesting. <laughs> Really? Yeah. Uh, I, I can say that we've had plenty where it is an EVP, but I've never heard it where it's mimicking somebody else's voice. 
Basically, well, it's like a, a doppelganger effect, really, uh, through through audio. But yeah, we have we've captured a few EVPs. I talk about Buck Hill in Round Lake, Ontario, and uh, that's one that's a huge. Um, we've had it's a very long road. It's you know in the middle of nowhere, and it's a winding road. It's dirt road in the middle of the bush, and there's really nothing there. And thousands of people flock there. Uh, throughout the year to see this um, orb of light and to see this, the, you know, the, as a legend goes, this, this man looking for his daughter and, and it looks like a lantern walking up the hill. And the, as a legend goes, you're supposed to flash your lights three times and yell, daddy, 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 for this entity to come through. We have not been able to correlate that whatsoever, the history of that. We, when we investigate there, we don't do that. We have still gotten amazing results every time we go. We're never disappointed. Um, all of us have seen the light there, you know, at the same time. It's not as if one of us kind of sort of sees it. We've been able to capture many things. And we have actually investigated with police officers there. And um, I can, you know, I can say that they, they came up complete skeptics and left complete believers. Um, but in that situation, we had... Two, our team again broke into two sections, and um, one of my investigators was up, up the hill basically, and they were receiving my voice beside them in my voice, and I was down at the bottom of the hill, like half, half, you know, half a mile away. So, um, you know, it, it has happened. We've had that multiple times, but that's one scenario that I can think up off my head that that has occurred. Wow. All right, we are coming to the end of the show, Katie, so I want to give you a chance to tell everybody where they can find you, find the group, any information you want to give out, it's all yours. Wonderful. Well, thank you. I appreciate you having me. Um, so my website is katieturnerpsychic.com. I offer um, in-person as well as uh, over Skype or FaceTime sessions across the world. Um, you're welcome to get more information off of that or on Facebook, Katie Turner Psychic. Kick. Um, my paranormal team is Canadian Supernatural Research Society. Um, we're, a member, uh, we're dedicated members of the paranormal community, and we're striving to find out more information about paranormal activity as well as keep clients happy um, and feeling safe. You're more than welcome to send me a message. I would love to hear from you. So it's katieturner at live.ca or Canadian Supernatural Research Society at gmail.com. So thank you very much. Well, I've appreciated you coming on. It's been a excellent conversation. Thank you for being beyond on Beyond Reason. Well, thank you, Justin. I truly appreciate it. It's an honor. All right, folks. That was Katie Turner. And I will leave links in the show notes for the places that you can find her. Excellent guest. Loved having her on. And I uh, appreciate all of my guests that come on here that take time out of their day just to get on and have a conversation with me. So that's all I've got for you guys this week until next week. Keep those minds open. This is Justin Cancellari signing off. It's cutting into your exercise time. It's stabbing you in the back nine. And it's attacking your peace of mind. It's pain, and it's getting in between you and the life you want to live. CBD Medic targets your pain at its source. It's fast-acting relief with active OTC ingredients, plus the added benefits of THC-free hemp oil. Get back to your life with CBD Medic, available online and at CVS. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. 
Right now, when you come in and switch to T-Mobile, you get the amazing iPhone 11 Pro on us with iPhone XS trade-in. Ah, aren't these mountains majestic? Joe, are you even looking? I'm posting these amazing pics I took with my iPhone 11 Pro. It has three cameras. Whoa, those pics are amazing. And you have service too? T-Mobile, their newest signal goes farther than ever before. Uh, then you can look up whether these are bear tracks, right? Or we could just run. Come to a T-Mobile store today and get iPhone 11 Pro on us with iPhone XS trade-in. And right now, get four lines for just 30 bucks a line with AutoPay. Switch today. Contact us if you cancel or credits may stop in full price due, plus taxes and fees via 24 monthly credits for well-qualified customers with qualifying service and finance agreement. Zero down with trade-in plus 3125 times 24 months. Pre-credit price 999.99. 0% APR while supplies last.